You're listening to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast. Follow us on Instagram at let's underscore talk underscore Knicks or on Twitter at Let's Talk Knicks. Welcome to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast, where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA. Things are getting a little crazy now, and we don't have our usual host. Jason is is uh, taking a little bit of a break with some live stuff, and we have a, a guest host sitting in with us, and she goes by Fro Magnum. You've probably seen her on Twitter. Lots of content. Great stuff. Great human. We chat back and forth a lot on, on commenting on information. So she's here with us as we start every episode. I got to ask, how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm doing absolutely fantastic. You know, somebody asked me recently, I, I forgot what I was doing, something for work. They were like, how was your weekend? I was like, the Knicks took care of business. My weekend was great. Nothing else needs to happen. I just <laughs> needed those wins. So, uh, yeah, I'm just super excited. I um, You may have seen this tweet, um, but I have to prep. Uh, you know, I need I need like blood pressure medication or something before we get into this. But uh... I feel like every game is like that. That kind of puts us, you know, the cardiac Knicks used to be like really bad for us because they would always end up losing and we'd <laughs> we'd all fall apart at the end. But now it's like, OK, we're getting put in this, you know, the stress levels reach all time highs, but they pull it out. So it it works. But, you know, it, it takes a toll on you over. <laughs> so. Heading into playoffs, I think you got to get a, a little re-up on that medication and be <laughs> be good to go for the next couple of weeks at least. So I actually went, I was at the game on Saturday. So that was my, when people ask me how I'm doing, I was, I was there on that second to last game against the Hornets. Third game I've gone to this season, every game has gone to overtime. So it's been a little a little rocky each game, but you know, uh, I got a good breather after that one, and it felt good. So you're we were, every uh, game that you went to into overtime. Yeah, so oh I was at gosh. the Pelicans game, I was at the Hawks game, and then again at this one. So are you so telling I was me like, your bad luck or your good luck? <laughs> I would say I'm good luck because they won all three of them. So <laughs> just took a little bit of extra, a little extra gusto to get there, but. They came out with a win, so, you know, a little free basketball at the end of each game. But coming up, I don't I don't, I don't, know what uh, – I don't think anyone saw this coming. I'll be the first to admit I did not. I can't remember what I predicted the season win total to be. I think I guessed around like – I guessed around 30, between 30 and 35, just because I was feeling a little crazy. And I believed that Tibbs would make a big difference. So I was like, I think they'll be better than – a 25 win team. I did not expect 41. I did not expect a fourth seed in the East. And, you know, this is just, it's a crazy time for, for New Yorkers and for just Nick basketball. I mean, I don't know. Like you, you tell me like, what's your, your backstory with this team? Like how far back does it go? Like how much of it can you actually remember from the glory days of the Knicks? Cause everyone keeps talking about, you know, how much we remind them of the 90s Knicks, but take me, take me back. 
So I'm going to share a funny story. Um, Please love to laugh. A lot of people might assume I've been watching basketball a lot longer than I have. I have not. I started watching Knicks basketball around 2011, 2012. Um, Okay. So if you had told me, like, I would be this obsessed with the Knicks, like, 15 years ago, I would have laughed. Like, now basketball is not my thing. I like baseball. I like boxing. Um, hilariously, we were talking about Tyson Chandler as I rock my signed Tyson Chandler jersey before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> sort of randomly one day, I turned on the television. I was bored, uh, and the Knicks were on. And keep in mind, I have two older brothers. I'm the only girl. Both my brothers are huge Knicks fans. I know you're rocking a custom John Starks jersey. That's my oldest brother's favorite player. My other brother's favorite player is Alan Houston. So all I hear about are those Knicks teams. I hear about the missed finger roll. I hear about John Starks going over whatever. I hear about it all the time. <laughs> um, so I, I turn on the television one day and I see Tyson Chandler dunking. And I'm like, oh, man, that's kind of dope. Like, I like the feel of this game. And I never looked back. I was obsessed <laughs> with them ever since. So this specific team for me is is really special uh, because I sort of like walked into this, that that 2012, 2013 playoff team. At the time I was like, oh, I know Carmelo Anthony. I know that name. Um, but I didn't really know how special he was or Amari or Tyson. This team though, um, I've got to see it put together. You know, uh, Julius Randle is somebody I've been wanting since I've been watching him uh, play with the Lakers. So when we got him, I was ecstatic. I've, I have I got to see RJ get drafted. I've seen Frank get drafted. So I've seen this team come together. So this this team is just they're like my babies. They're my babies. That's 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 all I can say about them. I just I love them. I think that's what. Yeah, and I think that's what makes this team so much more special to everybody is because there were no shortcuts being taken, you know, like we've tried that in the past, those, you know, 2011 to 2014 teams, you know, the, the AARP squad that was just, you know, put together, let's see what we can do with these guys and all mostly established players, except for, I don't know, Landry Fields was there for a year and that's, and you know, a couple other guys, but this is a team we've seen pretty much built from the ground up. And, you know, there were some, some, mishaps along the way but that's what makes it so much so much cooler i think to everyone in this city is like like you said you know we you have the frank stands out there they're all still hoping for the best you know he he was still being the last person left from the phil regime that's still there and everyone's still pretty shocked about that but you know you have Knox, you have you know guys that you know he doesn't even though he doesn't play so much, but I still feel like he could be a piece. You know, you need that spot up shooter in the corner. If that's going to be his role, let it be it. But, you know, that's what, yeah. And it's fun. Do you bring in a coach who knows how to coach a team? And I think there's the right blend of those vets with the young players that, I don't know, it just worked. And me too. Like, I loved the signing of Julius Randle. Like, when we, before he even, came to the team and before KD and Kyrie did went their way, uh, we were like, you know, Julius Randle would be a top priority for us because at the time we were like, he's not the number one guy on a team, but you put him next to two other star players. 
he could really excel. And little did we know he would become our number one guy. You know, I didn't see, again, I didn't see that coming, but I'm more than happy that he's here. And he took that leap. And you see just that, like that leap he took, and you could probably hope for the same with an RJ, with, uh, you know, with a quick, with an OB. Like it sucks for OB that he just happens to play the same position. So I don't think he gets that he would have to play behind him, but come up, you know, no one's asking him to be a superstar now. So I'm more than happy with him and letting him develop and just seeing it all click. It's, it's uh like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to watch. Like these are our kids we've seen coming up. And, you know, for me, it goes back a little farther. Like I started watching in 92 that's that's as far like I was a little kid. I was only you know, six, but people are like, you don't remember like '94. You watch Max Kellerman yelling at you know <laughs> CP the franchise, shout him out. We love him, and you know like you all don't remember. It's like no, it still hurts. I still remember every single one of those games from that '94 playoff run. I remember every morning on WBLS 107.5, clue you into how deep of a New Yorker I am. They, every morning in that summer, they would be playing the uh, the Nick anthem. We all know it. Go New York, go New York, go. So the whole city was on fire. But I have a friend. The friend I went to the game with, he said he still can't quite forgive John Starks for <laughs> two for eighteen in Game Seven. I've gotten over it. A lot of people still, you know, give him some shit. But you know, I love him. My all time favorite Nick. Alan Houston's probably number two, and then. The love goes, oh, oh, Clyde, who's just, you know, respect for Clyde Frazier on just being an all-time great Nick. But, you know, looking forward to this uh, this playoff run, like what do you think will actually happen? Or what do you think is the key to some success coming out of this, going into this series? Well, first and foremost, we whooped the Hawks this season. <laughs> <laughs> Walked them three times, if I'm not mistaken. And the key to the key to winning those games is one Julius Dion Randall. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I recall correctly, and hilariously, I was just talking about this yesterday on my own podcast. I had all the stats written down. Julius had 40 plus in two of those games, and I think 28 in another one of those games. All wins. One of them was that overtime game, I believe you were at. Uh, so, mm-hmm. and I mean. Julius playing well for me is a given. Um, I think the key is RJ Barrett. Uh, I think RJ needs to be that guy. He needs to be, uh, you know, Robin to Julius's Batman. And it can't be, well, I'm just going to show up in the second half. It's got to be from the opening minute to the closing <laughs> minute. Like RJ's got to do what he's got to do. Um, and then third key, and I'm going to go with that guy, Derek Rose. Derek has been phenomenal since we acquired him I don't know what the record is I know since Derek has been playing our record has been amazing Um, it's a lot of wins (laughs) it's a lot of wins and he's you know I'm so happy for Derek uh, because that first stint with the Knicks was just disastrous from his comment about us being a super team uh, to Derek going AWOL in the middle of like the game and literally nobody knowing where he was. It was just a disaster. But this time around, he's in the perfect role for him. He's back with his guy, Tibbs. He's back with Taj. And you can just see uh, his chemistry with this team. So uh, those are my guys, Julius, RJ, 
and Derek off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I would I would even go as far to say I think Derek Rose might be a little bit more important than RJ as much as I, I love RJ. And it's not to say one is much more important than the other. It's I just think that the point guard play is gonna have more of a an impact on those games than you know whether or not you figure RJ is gonna get his 20. Whether they come in, you know, the third quarter and or it's across the whole uh, stretch of the game. But, you know, like you said, Julius is going to get his. But Derrick Rose, I think, is going to be the one. He's going to be the X factor on there because if you just – it's it's tough because what are we going to do with a start with the starting point guard position? I don't want to get into a whole thing about shitting on, El- on Alfred Payton. We all know that story. So, But I think the question is – Will they make that adjustment? Because we saw in the games that Alfred was out and and Rose came in to start, they won a lot of those games. I don't know. I can't remember if they won all of them, but they did show up in a lot of those games. And the offense just looked so much smoother when he was there. But you just can't count on him to play 48 minutes, which is what Tibbs was doing or playing him close to it. And it's like Rose didn't sign up for that. Not to say he doesn't want to, but I just, you know, from a comfort level, I don't know that I would be playing him that often. So you need you need a little bit of help in that role. But the minutes he plays, he just, I don't know, like he just, he, he shows up and you know what you're going to get with him. And I, I think he's probably going to be the most valid, like, not the most behind Julius, the most valuable asset that we have. And then it starts to just trickle down because we do have a deep squad. And I think that's something a lot of people don't talk about is we have a lot of guys that have stepped up. You know, we've had injuries, we've had the health health and safety protocols and guys have had to play roles. They weren't necessarily asked to do, but they're ready to go. And I think, you know, Yes, we've played. We've beaten the Hawks three times. Hawk fans seem to not care about that at all. It seems to just go like, "Ah, it's three games in the regular season. We still got you guys." It's like, okay, y'all spent how much money on these free agents to to put your team together? You just barely. You ended up with a team that finished at the same record as us, but we got the home court advantage because y'all couldn't beat us. But they're always, you know. Oh, we were missing this guy. We were missing this guy. We were missing this guy. It's like that's part of the game. It happens. You know, you gotta you still gotta play. We had guys out too. That Hawks game I went to, that was one look. Taj went down. Uh some uh Nerlens went down for a little bit. Yes. You know, yes. I think he got like hit in the face or something like was, that. Uh, was you know, the game where Pell like jammed his finger? Or was that a different no, game? No, but that was a, that was a great game though. That was that was when I fell in love with Norvell Pell. I was like, this yeah. this is the kind of dude we need that probably camps out in Penn Station, just ready to play. <laughs> but we like you know guys go down. It's part of the game. But we have that next up mentality. We have our big fifteen. Don't give me like KD clearly doesn't you know he's not paying attention or he's saying things just to say things, and he knows that he's. We're not even going to give him any shine. We're not even going to talk about it. But we we have our big 15 always ready to go. And I I think, like, going into it, 
the biggest matchup to look at is going to be again the point guard matchup of who is going to check Trey Young. And I would say I would like to see Frank get those minutes because one, you know he's gonna get those foul calls. If it if it ends up being, you know, Alfred foul gets in three gets three fouls early or something like that, and you gotta switch it up, I would put Frank on him because you have a guy who fights over those screens who is not going to let him get in front of him and has that length to play. Like that game last year, I think it was one of the last games of the season last year that Frank had his coming out party against those Hawks. And he looked great. It's like, I think that's something that they should look at as far as, you know, adjustments to the rotation. Like, do you see any adjustments you think should be made or could be made going forward, just looking at the way the two teams match up? Well, I think so... I think that over the last few games, we've actually seen Tibbs trust Frank in big moments. Um, that Celtics and, and, and Hornet series uh, came down to the wire, literally. Again, blood pressure medication. Um, <laughs> but Frank was in in those final minutes. Like when we needed defense, Frank was in. Uh, and I thought that was huge on, on Tibbs' part. Uh, going back to something you said, I don't want to get into a whole Alfred Payton discussion. Uh, Cause I'm not one of those either. Like I know, I know there's a lot of hate towards my man, Alfred. I'm not, I think he's in a really bad slump right now. Not saying he's been phenomenal or anything, but lately specifically, he's just. I was going to say that slump has been what, 60 games? <laughs> well, he's been in an extra big slump lately. Um, but I think we've seen Tibbs make the adjustments. I think we've seen Derrick Rose playing a lot more minutes. I think we've seen Emmanuel quickly once he finally came back uh, playing a lot more minutes over Alfred. I think we've seen Frank come in for those really important defensive possessions. Um, do I think Tibbs is going to start Frank to defend Trey all game? No, I don't. Um, but I think I think Tibbs has made certain decisions that allow me to just trust everything that he's going to do uh, for this series. I'm actually also slightly concerned about Clint Capella in this, um, in the series, but I also trust my mm-hmm. man, the brick wall, Nerland's Noel. And uh, when we talk about like that next man up mentality, Nerland's is at like the top of my list uh, in terms of next man up, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, when Mitch went out, you know, a lot of people got nervous. A lot of people, you know, have been waiting for the regression, have been waiting for us to fail. And I think Nerlens took on the challenge. It was like, absolutely not. Get all them shots out of here. So, uh, yeah, it, it should be it should be a really <laughs> I mean, stressful series. <laughs> good old but, Butterfingers Noel. Like, you know, we can look past the fact that he can't catch. And if he could use his hands for anything, it's to block shots. So we're, we're cool with that. And it's funny, like, even when we made that signing, I love that signing because you're like, him and Mitch are pretty much the same type of player. Right. So you don't lose what with the other one has when one of them goes out or just swapping them. So, but you know, like you said, Clint Capella, I think is going to be a problem because we've shown a lot of issues with grabbing rebounds lately. And you have to be able to guard that pick and roll. Cause you know, those lobs are coming to him, but you have New Orleans out there and props to Taj Gibson. Because that dude just knows how to play basketball. I've been saying that for a while. That's just watching him. He just knows how to play. Like, he makes smart decisions when he's on the floor. The occasional three, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't care. But, you know, 
He knows how to play under the basket. He knows how to box guys out. He knows how to position himself. Yes, he's undersized against some of these guys, but he knows how to use his body. And that's just veteran leadership and understanding the game and how to play it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the amount of minutes he gets because I feel like we're going to get in foul trouble a lot. Like that's just what's going to happen. They claim we're going to have better refs in the playoffs, but when they see the orange and blue, I don't think they care and they know that they're going to be blowing those whistles. So we just have to be prepared for that. And I think it's just got to be able to keep your cool in those situations because we know it's going to happen. A lot of these guys, they've never played in the playoffs before, but you have your ties, you have your rows. I think Nerlens has played a, a few games in the playoffs. You, like Burks has played, has had playoff minutes. He's another one that, you know, he is going to have a huge role in this run. And I know he drove some people kind of crazy early in the season, but he's shown he's that guy that can just, he can get buckets and, and he can handle the ball. I don't want him handling the ball so much because it can be a little erratic, but that's what happened to us against Boston. You know, him between him and Rose, the turnovers late in the game were just like, like what is happening it was just all unraveling way too quickly. But I think he's going to be a guy that that shows up and it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a tough match. It's probably going to be the toughest matchup, I think, of all the first round series in the East. And although I would kind of like to see the Wizards play the Nets and let Russ just take care of some business. But I think that that 4-5, it's always, you know, those are always the most intriguing matchups. It's like, even when you look at the NCAA tournaments, those, what are they, like the 9-10s or the 10-11 matchups or something, those are always the coin flips. You never know where those are going to go because we're fairly evenly matched, especially, you know, record-wise. we got the same record. So I, I could see it going six games, but I could also see it going four games or five games. Who knows? <laughs> Spicy talking, not- spicy talking. I mean, look, I say Knicks and five, but you know what? We gonna <laughs> we're we're gonna let things play out. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to make any crazy predictions. You know, I could see it going any direction, but I I I think we could win this series. I th- and I think everyone's everyone's been saying that, and I don't know how much that's been you know playing into the Hawks' mindset too. It's like, yeah, no one's. No one thinks that we're going to win this, so they're going to have that little chip on their shoulder and come out with that. But, you know, we're the underdogs. According to Vegas, we are not the favorites to win this series. But I think that works in our favor, too, because I think we have been the team that has won more money for people this season because we have been the underdogs in all of these games and have won a majority of them. So I think that's just... You know, something that something to look at, but it's going to be a good series. It's going to be a tight series. And again, it's something that New Yorkers have been ready for. We've been waiting for. We put in a lot of years, a lot of tears, a lot of anguish, you know, a lot of heart palpitations. So this is this is our time. I mean, do you have let's see. I'm trying to think. So from 2011, I guess you've seen what, two playoff series? Yeah. And it's then. The the 2012-2013 season is the one that sticks out to me the most. Like you want to talk about tears. When we lost to the Pacers, I I I I can't remember exactly what happened. If I'm not mistaken, in that last game, Iman Shumpert just started going crazy from three. And I and I thought for a moment 
that we were going to pull a win out in that last game. And we didn't. And I just remember I was like leaning against this wall in my kitchen and I just like sunk. <laughs> I just sunk to the floor and I put my head in my hands and I cried. And I don't care how that sounds. Um, I was just, I was distraught. And because uh, I loved that. No, team. There, 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 there needed to be some tears during yeah, that series. <laughs> I, I loved that team. I loved Iman. I don't know what happened to him, but I loved Iman. I loved our vets. I loved Kenyon Martin. Like that team was just so tough and. So I was gonna say Kenyon Martin coming off the bench. <laughs> I just I loved them all. I I loved Jared Smith. Like I I loved. He he reminds me. Well, quickly reminds me of him in a bit in terms of like how just the audacity to take some of the shots that they take is just irrational confidence. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, but you know, like I was saying earlier, this, this particular team and this particular playoff appearance just means so much more to me, especially because like we were supposed to be in the playoffs that year. We were the, the second best team in the East. If I'm not mistaken, we finished second behind Miami. Uh, we mm-hmm. were not expected to be here. 54 wins. Yeah. Yeah, we were not expected to be here this season. Uh, Bleacher Report had us winning 13 games. ESPN had us winning 20-something games. Um, me, personally, I don't make predictions like that. I'm like, I'm not even going to put this energy out into the universe. Um, I'm going to see what we do. Um, but for me, like, I don't know if I expected Julius Randle to be this good, but I knew last season he wasn't that bad. Like, I knew it. And he showed it. Like, in the second half of the season, he started to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, he definitely wasn't playing poorly last year there were just little things about his game that i think just kind of drove people crazy like those spin moves oh my gosh oh the spin moves. i just like i remember thinking i was like tibbs needs to have that leash ready to yank it if he sees one spin move into a double team yeah and you could tell he watched and julius even said it that he watched himself back and saw the way he was playing and where he needed to make the adjustments in his game and i think that's just that's not even a coaching thing. That's just that's just the type of person he is. That's the type of person you need to be if you're going to be successful. And you know, I think listening to him on a lot of those those interviews he did, just like the soul searching he had to do, the critique of his own game he had to make, and just understanding what he needed to do. And it's so funny even looking at him from last year. His build is completely different. Like he is jacked now and you watch him play against some of these guys like he just pushes guys around it's like that little you know that little 10 15 foot jumper he has like that little fadeaway pump that he puts up there that, uh, that always gets the n1 and i love that i don't know why he doesn't just do that all the time because <laughs> guys can't they don't do anything they can't do anything against it and you know i love i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be curious to see what he does in these playoffs i don't think that he's gonna you know fade away or anything like that you know it's i think he's ready for it i think they all are you know like those young guys like you said no one expected this quickly i don't like coming into quickly and ob coming into the league thinking like oh this is what it's like it's like no it's it's not (laughs) (laughs) well you know a couple things about julius you know one of the the interviews that sticks out to me is um with Woj. he was on the Woj pod and Mm -hmm. you know he said um, I think it was the Woj pot anyway. He Leon or Wes, whoever called him and was like, What do you need? What do you want? And Julia said, I want to come Yeah, when they were at the dinner, dinner yeah. Um, and and the fact that 
he asked for that. He asked for somebody who was going to hold him accountable. That's huge to me um, because he's a great player. He was a good player last year. Did he have a terrible shooting season from three? I think he started like 0 for 18. Yes, that's fine. But another thing about him, I feel like he started off the season great, uh, phenomenal. And like I said, everybody kept waiting for that regression. Everybody kept waiting like, oh, it's just a fluke. Oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. It never came. And that's why I think uh, you've probably heard me say it. That's why I think he deserves to be in those MVP conversations because he started the season great. He got better and better and just constantly, continuously showed us like, no, 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 I got this. I worked on my game. I'm here. I've earned this. Um, so I put him in my top three MVP candidates. Um, yes, I'm biased. I don't care. Uh, I think he deserves to be there. <laughs> also, just, you know, I, I going back to what I was saying before, just about how, how special this team is and like going into this playoff series. This is Julius's first time in the playoffs and it's a huge moment for him. It's a huge stage for him mm -hmm. to be on. And, you know, going back to him being on the Lakers, you know, he had a mentor in Kobe Bryant, like the best possible mentor that you could have. And I know like losing Kobe meant a lot to him. Um, and I, I, I don't, I think you're right. He's not going to fade away in the playoffs. I think Julius is built for this moment. I think he's been waiting for this moment. And another thing he said on the Woj pod was, uh, he was talking about, you know, whether it's more difficult to lose in LA or New York. And he said, absolutely New York. Like New Yorkers don't hesitate to walk up to him and be like, yo, dude, you <laughs> suck. Or yo, you've been playing, like you've been playing better this season. So I think he just... He has taken on the challenge of like being the guy that's that took this team back to the playoffs. Like nobody's done it since Melo. And I, I and and he's having a historical season as a New York Knicks. So I'm not worried about him. But to your point that you said earlier, it's great to have guys like Taj, like Derek, who've been there, who've done this, who bought the t-shirt several times, you know? So um those guys are gonna really, I feel like settle everybody else down like this is our moment we've been here we've done this let's just keep doing what we've been doing all season so uh i'm not worried i'm not scared i'm not scared I'm, i know we might be the underdogs <laughs> in this series i don't see how we're the underdogs in this series personally given how we handled the hawks but i'm not scared you know nixon five that's it <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny like sometimes people tell talk to us like y'all just in a new york bubble like, you don't know what the rest of the league is saying. I was like, one, I don't care what the rest of the league is saying. But that's why people are like, oh, you know, nationally, the Nets are the talk. And it's like, but if you go to New York, I don't see anyone walking around with the – I see, like, one or two people walking around with Nets stuff, but it's probably something they found in the garbage. <laughs> but, you know, New York is that Knicks town, and it always will be. Like, y'all can – New York City encompasses more than just Manhattan. You know, it's like all five boroughs that we have a lot of people out there represent. So I I am so excited for just this this time in Nick basketball and to even attempt to go to a playoff game. Like I'll, you know, like I said, I, I, most people that know me know some of these stories, but I have swung and missed on several attempts to go to playoff games in my life and you know like in the i think it was 97 or 98 my dad got tickets somehow to one of those games against the heat he took my brother 
I was like, can you at least bring me something? Like, I wanted the towel. I wanted something. Couldn't go. 99. This is the one that still pains me to this day. And I talked to my mother about it recently because it's her fault that I had a ticket to game three. 99 Eastern Conference Finals. Four point play. I could have been there. And my mom made me go to her college reunion up in Connecticut and wouldn't let me stay home to go to that game. Oh, no. And I was like, we had to watch it in a, like in a classroom. They put it up on one of the projectors for us to watch it there. But I'm like, I could have been in that game. And I mentioned, I held on to it for like 10 years and I brought it up in uh, like 2011 or 2012. It must've been something like that. So more than 10 years, but she was like, wait a minute, you've been upset about this this whole time. I was like, yes. Do you realize I've had no other chance to go to a Nick to go to a playoff game? So she was like, if they ever get back to the playoffs, I'll try to get you tickets. Saying that, thinking they were never going to get to the playoffs again. But we actually, when we lived in Boston, that 2012-2013 season, we were living in Boston when during that first round, and we tried to get tickets to game six because that was going to be the closeout game. And we ended up getting counterfeit tickets. Like someone scammed us oh my God. on the tickets and we <laughs> couldn't go. So I'm just taking a lot of L's on trying to get uh, tickets to see these Knicks in the playoffs. And I don't know how, but I will try to. I have, I will say, I have tickets in Atlanta. I went yesterday and bought them anyway, just in, just in case. Oh my God. Because. I will I will fly down to it. My brother's ready to go. He's ready to fly out from LA. We were just gonna go down to Atlanta. My mom lives there, so we got a place to stay. It's probably cheaper than getting them here at the garden. Like if I can't get them up in New York, Atlanta is going to be like a home game for us because I've gone to a couple games in Atlanta before and a lot of New Yorkers down there. Yeah, and absolutely. we are loud. So <laughs> and you see all the chatter now about how expensive the tickets are here. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, well, what if we just like booked a flight to New York? It's probably cheaper to just fly to Atlanta and get tickets there. I'm like, it is. Go get them. So I'm ready to splurge whatever it takes to get to a Nick game. I don't know what, like, what do you, would you, would you try? Have you ever been to just any playoff games in general? Not no, even just the Knicks, but I have never been to, well, let me take, let me, let me take it back. I was actually at the finals the Toronto Golden State Finals um, a couple years back. Uh, because of my job, I had to work, um, which was incredible. Toronto, that's a hell of a city. Um, their fans are incredible. Like, that arena was... I'd still love to go there someday. Never been there. Well, if you go, it's it's beautiful. It's It's just, I loved it. Um, San Francisco, not so much. I, I didn't enjoy my time in San Francisco that much. Um, it's a lot like <laughs> New York, you know, nothing special. Um, and it was cold. I was like expecting it to be warm. It was cold. Um, so uh, oddly, we actually had warmer weather in Toronto, which was unexpected. So I, I did I did go to a finals game. It was <laughs> an incredible experience. But going back to the Knicks, I have never been to a Knicks playoff game. Um, I mean, obviously, because I started watching in 2012, 2013, and we haven't been back to the playoffs since. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – I would love to go. I'm actually not going to be in New York for the home games. Uh, I planned a trip not uh, to Baltimore and not realizing we were going to be in this position. You know, like, I, I wasn't even thinking about it. Plus, like, 
the schedule's all weird, uh, like in terms of when playoffs start, you know, because of the bubble and everything that's been going on in the world. So, you know, I booked a trip and then I looked, when we made the playoffs, I looked back at the schedule and I was like, I was like, I cannot believe I'm going to be, I'm not going to be in New York for these first two games. So granted, I didn't think about the possibility of going to Atlanta. That's not a bad idea. So I might have to consider that. Um, But at the same time, you just keep driving. It's not, you know, it's it's an easy trip. as, As much as I would like to go to a playoff game, I'm also very, I'm a very like family oriented person. I am super okay with me, my mom, my dad, my brothers, just in the house, decked out, uh, and just screaming until the neighbors hear us. So I'm cool with that too. I mean, yeah, that's, that's part of it too. That's just fun. Like I remember that growing up, like I never went to those games, but we'd all either be, be sitting around the TV my mom, we would always be very superstitious with her. She was not allowed to come downstairs in the fourth quarter because every time she did, they would lose. So she, even to this day, she, when I talked to her the other day, she was like, am I allowed to go? Like, if you come down here for the game, like, should we all go? I'm like, I didn't want to say, I don't think you should come, but, but she, she still understands the, uh, the, uh, the jinx that she sometimes will put on them in the fourth quarter. But, you know, it's, it's. I think I would even lo- like love the opportunity to just go into bars, as crazy as that sounds these days, you know, to get out there. I know people are going to be doing it, but we did that a couple times. Like in Boston, we would go out and do that. And even just trying to get to games here, just being around other people that get it. And But sometimes you do have to just be by yourself because, yeah. you know, that stress level, you need some, you need people there to, to calm you down. It's going to be a little much. You got to stay cool. And... Just hope, hope for a win. I, <laughs> I remember, I, it was '95. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to bring up sour notes on the Knicks, but a game one of the '95 Eastern Conference Finals, I will, say, or Eastern Conference Semifinals, eight points in however many seconds. We watched that game at a at a christening, and all the guys were up on up in the bedroom, huddled around this TV. There were like twenty people huddled around this TV. And no one else really knew what was going on. We're watching. They could just hear things. And after the game, everyone just sadly walking downstairs. People were like, what? What happened? And there's no one wanted to talk about it. It was just one of those, one of those like typical 90s moments of like huddled around a small television to watch a basketball game. But that kind of camaraderie, you know, you like to have that. And we'll see what ends up happening. Tickets still aren't on sale in New York. We still don't know the schedule. We still don't know what time it's going to happen. I don't know why they're waiting so long. But I think we'll we'll be ready. And hopefully, you know, we come out with a win. Like, if they win and they got to play, what, they would play Philly in the, in the second round? <laughs> which... Which you know we didn't play poorly against them, you know. You're, you're hungry. We, I just said this to my brother yesterday. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not scared of anyone. I I feel like we've played everybody competitively. Um, there's not a lot of games this season where we've gotten blown out. Um, maybe a couple, maybe a handful. Exactly, and that's the thing that you know we're in all these games, so we just had to learn how to finish. Right, and I think you started to see that as the season went on, as they learned how to close out games. Yes. We'd love to not have to, you know, blow a 17 or 20 point lead and just learn how to just, you know, 
keep it going for 48 minutes. But learn. It, it, that's what I would say. Build some character, you know, to have those close games because that's what's going to be happening. Like, I don't think any of these playoff games are going to be completely one-sided. You're going to have to gut it out in the end. You're going to have to show up and learn how to close out these games. And I think they've learned to do that. And you look at a Milwaukee, you look at a Philly, and you look at a Brooklyn. We've played each of those teams very closely. Right. I think Milwaukee was the only one. I think that was a com- legit blowout at the start of the second half of the season. But keep in we mind, them. we blew them out early in the season. So Yeah, exactly. So They owed it's... us that one. They owed us that one. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> and then they decided not to play any of their players, and we blew them out again. So we got a little confidence boost coming out of some of those games. So I think... I won't. I'll, I'll follow your lead and not make any crazy predictions. But I, I I feel good about this matchup. I think it's the it's the matchup that will that's best for us in gaining some experience and moving forward. Again, no one thought we were going to be here. If we lose in the first round, it's not the end of the world. This is the building block for hopefully the next several years of this team and just as keep growing and. You know, if we lose, we lose. If we win, great. I got. I think that's the mindset people need to have because you have your people, your pundits, and everything talking about it's a failure of a season if they don't get out of this. I was like, no, we weren't supposed to be here. Exactly. You all thought we were going to be trash, and we've exceeded expectations. So, I think if we just make it competitive, if the games are close. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. We come back next year. People next year is going to be the expectations. Yes, those are going to be when people are going to be like, "Oh, this team could be, could be something in the East." You got to watch out for these guys. Yes. So hopefully, uh, we we do well. You know, I'm, hopefully, I get to a game and lose my voice for a couple of days, and you know, maybe have some wings down in Atlanta. Who knows? You know. It's just, uh, <laughs> Oh man, it's a it's, it's a fun it's a fun city. <laughs> well, I will be in Baltimore. I will undoubtedly be in a bar somewhere with my Julie. I have my bag packed already. Uh, I leave tomorrow. Um, I have my Julius Randall yeah, what, jersey. What's packed. the what's the yeah what's the outfits? <laughs> I have my Julius Randall jersey packed. I got the white the white Julius Randall. I have the um the city edition RJ Barrett. I got the white RJ Barrett. I'm bringing the Tyson just for good luck. So uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You know? <laughs> I might be the only Knicks fan there, but I'm going to be loud. My presence will be known. <laughs> See, and I t- I've been telling people that's not always the worst thing, worst situation to be in. Like for most of my adult life, I've been the away team because I, I, I didn't live in New York for like 10 years. So every other city I've lived in, We've been the away team, and it's just a different kind of vibe because you're yelling at people. People are yelling at you. You're the only one they single you out because, like, we went to a Hawk game. Uh, I think it was probably, like, 2009 or 2010, and we somehow stumbled into these really good seats down near the floor, and we both had our Allen Houston jerseys on, but the camera guy was behind us the entire game. So he would put us up on the on the screen all the time with, like, different captions and stuff. But every time they would do the kiss cam, they would put the back of our jerseys up there. Everyone started laughing and pointing at us. And we're like, come on, man. Like, you know, but it's just that kind of fun to have. I, I ruined a young kid's life at that game because he really wanted this Chick-fil-A cow that they, they would like shoot them up into the crowd. And I snatched it out of his hand. Well, I snatched it before he could get it. So people were like booing me at the game. 
But, you know, we won. We met Allen Houston. It was great. But, <laughs> you know, just being the away team at a lot of these games, it's just a different environment. It's just different, a different uh, vibe. So I'm not mad at it. Like, I'll, I'll welcome it if we're, like, we got see- we got good seats uh, for that game if we end up going. And people will hear us. We will be heard throughout all of Atlanta. It will be a great experience, hopefully a great series, and hopefully not the last one. Hopefully so, not the last. We just want to we want to keep this train going. Hopefully not the last time. Hopefully it's not another what eight years until we make the playoffs again. <laughs> so, in the words of Julius Randle, we here. So, and I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. So, that's you know that's that's the mantra we got to have. We here, and <laughs> they're going to hear us wherever we are. So, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a, a great guest host. Uh, Maybe we'll get you back again. We'll see how the season, how the playoffs go. And uh, you can, I don't know if you want to put your handle out there or or not. Uh, sure. Uh, but, you guys can follow me on Instagram. Go follow me on Instagram. Not enough people on Twitter follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's the same <laughs> handle, at Magnum underscore underscore. Um, I will be tweeting a lot throughout the playoffs. Um Excuse me if there's any obscenities. There might be, but that's okay. That's hey, okay. I'm sometimes you got to let it fly. I'm going to get a little ignorant, <laughs> you know? It's okay. <laughs> that's how we talk, you know? <laughs> and as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Let's Talk Knicks and on Instagram at Let's underscore talk underscore Knicks. There will be plenty of tweets and comments and content just flowing out every game. Hit us up, comment on everything, follow us, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Go New York, go New York, go!